The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. And now, Rick and Dave. Can I get one more like Rick and Dave? Rick and Dave. No, more like Rick and Dave. And here's Rick and Dave. Rick and Dave. Here's Rick and Dave. Rick and Dave. Here's Rick and Dave. Nah, nah, nah. A little bit more like Rick and Dave. Here's Rick and Dave. 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 Not even close. This is Rick and Dave. I'm not believing you. And now Rick and Dave. Nope. Rick and Dave on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. By day, we're the publishers of Eckhart's Press and Chicago Author Solutions. By night, we're unappreciated husbands and fathers. And in our spare time, Dave, what are we consumers of? Worthless information, Rick, that our wives don't appreciate. Uh, minutia is another yeah. word for that, and that's that why was... we call the show Minutia Men. And I say we launch right into Minutia because we got a bunch of it today. Oh, we've got a we've got a full we've got a full bag here, Rick. You know that I like to gamble a little bit. <laughs> yes, right? me too. You know, uh, I don't want to we... say you've got a problem. But uh, it ain't a problem when you it's not a problem when you win, buddy. OK, um, so but this is this guy is a gambler. His name is Brian Zembek. Uh, he actually even has a nickname called the Wiz. You know, you're a gambler. You have a gambling problem when you have a nickname. So Brian, <laughs> the Wiz Zembek. Now, this is back in 1996. He is a high stakes gambler. He's also a magician. And a world-class backgammon player, just to give you a background on who he is. Wow, that's a a business card. (laughs) It really is. It really is. Uh, And I have always thought that magicians are kind of weird. Well, Brian the Wiz Zembek is definitely odd. In 1996, he agreed to do something for $100,000. Now, Rick, do you have any idea what possibly – he would want to do or that he would do for a hundred grand. What would you and, do for a hundred? Well, this is 1986 money. 96. Oh, 96. Okay. Yeah. Hold so on, it's like $387,000 right now. Um, I would do, uh, there's, you know what? I'm too old. I don't care anymore. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> right. After, right. After taxes and whatever, <laughs> yeah, but come on, it's not worth it. What did but he do? Brian decided to get breast implants. This is the story. He was out to dinner with one of his other high magician, high roller gambly backgammon guy, um, and he was. They were with two women, and Brian remarked how much attention these two women were getting because of their breasts. So this other guy, who I don't think they gave his name, um, decided said to Brian, "Like what I would say to you, I'll give you a hundred grand if you get breast implants." And well, Brian, well, breast did it. implants. You get bet. He doesn't have breasts, so they're more than implants. They're they're the breasts. Yeah, they're the whole thing. Well, I guess he had kind of had. Well, I know I have breasts. Looking at my shirtless frame right now, um, <laughs> I won't give you a hundred thousand for that. No, right. And I, yeah, I'm. These are not even worth six grand. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe three grand a a boob male boob. But what he did, what he did is he got. Um, breast implants, and he won the hundred grand. Now there are a lot of things here at play. First of all, you have got to. So he really, really ad- he really did it. He really he did it. Nineteen ninety eight. And if uh, if our listeners 
uh, search for Brian Zembic, that's Z-E-M-B-I-C, you will see, oh, I don't know, 70,000 articles on him. Um, I'm actually on the one uh, on Maxim. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this from something that happened in 1998 Uh is, or I'm sorry, 1996, is he's now, 20 years later, wants him removed. And the be- so do you, he, it's taken him twenty years or ten years abreast for of regret, saying, "Look, uh, you know, enough is enough. I want to get these. I want to get." It my- answers an, an age old question for me, and that is, how long does it take for a guy to get sick of boobs? <laughs> and basically, twenty years. Twenty years is it, the answer. Basically, that's what it was. Okay. Um, and he's gonna appear on a television show called Botched, which is on the E Network. Okay. Uh, and, and what it is, it's a television show of, of, of plastic surgeries that have gone wrong or whatever. And he yeah. does – um, now, there's a lot of things at play here. First of all, you got to really respect Brian Zembek for committing to the <laughs> Do shit. you? Do you really? Yeah, I, I really do. I re- As a gambler, you know, yeah. He, he was pot committed, Rick, and he went all in. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and for us guys, he, that's he, admiration. Okay. But, what if Brian the Wiz Zembic did it, and then and the guy said, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to pay you." Well, that's what I would assume. I mean, <laughs> you right. mean who, who? But I don't really hang out in the backgammon magic crowd. Yeah, well, that, I, uh, I, yeah. that Brian yeah, does. De- I mean, <laughs> right, my friends definitely- are all deadbeats that would never <laughs> in a million years pay off that bet. I know. Well, well, evidently you're right. Brian runs in circles that are far more admirable than us, um, but. Also, there's a cost of getting breast implants, right? So, oh, yeah. How much does that cost? Well, it didn't matter because Brian found a cosmetic surgeon who was also a backgammon player, and they played like a match for, you know, hey, if I beat you, you do my breast implants for free. And he won. So <laughs> Brian not only won the breast implants, he won the surgery for the breast implants. Did you know that there was a world out there where people were betting this kind of money on backgammon? Yeah, uh, yes, backgammon, um, backgammon, and poker are actually quite related, and a lot of the the high, real high level poker players are also great backgammon players too. Yeah, there is big money in in backgammon, especially like if you go to the Middle East, it's like a huge thing. What Family. is the most that you've ever bet on anything? Be honest. Three grand. You bet three grand on something? Yeah. What Last you, year. What? On the, at the NLCS. I you, bet three grand on the Mets to beat the Cubs. Nice. That's yeah. nice. And I had to pick up the money in a wrecking company parking lot. <laughs> so you had like a bookie, a legal bookie and everything? Uh, I knew a guy. <laughs> to, to, I, I got a guy. If you, you, if you want to... You know, if you want to, if you want to get involved in this underbelly of society, I'll be happy to bring you along. Let me tell uh, you. Let, let me tell the listeners uh, how bad Dave's gambling is. We <laughs> went on a, a road trip one time, Dave and I and our buddy Dane. The three of us went on a middle-aged road trip. We called it. We went to Memphis because I had to attend some sort of a conference for one of my books that came out. And I, you know, brought my buddies along, and we hung out. And Dave had a gambling itch that he had to scratch. <laughs> and we went to the the casinos in Tupelo, uh, you know, outside of Tupelo. They weren't good enough for him. We found a dog track. This is a true story. Yeah. A dog track in Arkansas. Right. And on a Saturday night, 
we were in Arkansas at a dog track <laughs> right, right. betting uh, on dogs. Yeah, that's when you've pretty much hit rock bottom. That's rock bottom. Right. However, if you remember, they had old, not old style, Pabst or something for like 12 ounce Paps for like a dime, didn't they? It was Michelob, but yes. <laughs> right. That's so, what I remember. So, right. And, and so you're happier than a clam. So don't, you know, don't judge me, pal, as you're knocking down 10 cent Michelobes. We uh, all have our crosses to bear. Right. Exactly. So, you know, uh, that is a crazy bet, the bet you talked about. It, it, but it reminded me of a bet that a buddy of mine once had. You remember my friend Otto from college? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He once bet me. That he could get high by snorting snorting bone marrow out of chicken bones. That was his bet. Now, I don't remember what the stakes of the bet were, but I remember him fishing through the garbage can, (laughs) finding discarded (laughs) chicken Chicken bones, bones. and Uh, then digging out the bone marrow and snorting it. And um, it it turned out you can't get high from it. (laughs) (laughs) So he lost the bet. Uh oh! Did we just lose Dave? I think we just lost you, Dave. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah, yep. We have technically. So I, I should set the stage. Some some people want probably wonder how we do this show. I am sitting in my house, and Dave is sitting in his house. And occasionally, Dave will laugh or chortle in a loud fashion, and it shorts out his entire uh, thing. There, are you? All- I do not. I am a man. I do not chortle. Okay, whatever you say. I giggle. Okay. But I don't. Uh, so that's Brian. Uh, that's Brian Zembic. Watch for him on the E Network botched coming, okay. uh, I think, this summer when he gets his breasts removed. I have some uh, minutiae to share with you, Dave. And I, I, I'm not sure if you will appreciate this as much as me. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a collector of worthless stuff you know well uh, worthless information and worthless just stuff just in general right, I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of it and i saw this on uh, the internet and i have to have it it's only 70 dollars, and it's a batman shakespeare bust now do you know what this is um do you remember the show the tv show batman yeah, with Alfred. That's the thing that they had to pull the head to open up the yeah, stairs. Yeah, the, 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 the head would hinge open, and right, they right, press right, the right. button. It would move the bookcase, and they could go to the bat poles. Right, 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 right. Well, right. this is now for sale, except it doesn't go to the bat poles. It's a, it's a piggy bank, and it's only $70, and it's made out of vinyl, and I have to have it. Where, where, where do you get something like I mean, is it? I would imagine it's all over to Amazon. How do you how do you yeah, end up on, getting it? It's the on bed? Amazon. It's on it's actually uh only available for pre sale right now, so they're probably just collecting the orders to see how many they need to make. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd love uh, to have that. I really what, what, would. What is Bridget gonna think of the big bat now where are you first of all, where are you going to display this? Like is it gonna be you're gonna take away the wedding pictures and put the bust instead of the wedding pictures on your mantle, or where? What are you? What are you gonna well, do? I can, talk, you I can talk you through the process uh, throughout the years. This is what happens. It starts out in the living room, yeah, where I <laughs> want it. <laughs> yep. And the yep. next thing I know, it's in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in a and box. Then, and then no, first it's just in the basement, displayed condescendingly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then it ends up in a box. Yeah. And then it ends up in the garage. Uh, and then at a garage sale. And, a, they, and actually, we just sold uh, we just sold a bunch of my worthless stuff this weekend at a garage sale. 
I went. I had a box of Elvis and Beatles stuff. <clears throat> that's not me, worth. That I've been collecting. Worthless. Well, not... it is worthless because the Elvis and Beatles fans are dying out, right? Because it's only it's only worth a lot of money if somebody will pay for it. Well, yes. It's like all true. the the great Sinatra memorabilia isn't worth nearly as much anymore now that the people aren't huge Sinatra fans anymore. The same thing happened with Elvis, and it's starting to happen with the Beatles now. And I had a box of crap. Let's just call it crap because it was crap. I mean, because I collected stuff like Black Velvet Elvises, and uh, I had a, a Elvis shot glass and Elvis uh, cocktail glass keychains. I had uh, these Beatle dolls. We sold them all at a garage sale, and, and people bought them. But the one thing that uh, I sold that I – really regret even now it and i didn't realize that i put it in the box was my oj simpson watch oh yeah it was it wasn't the knife you didn't know no no this is even better dave this is a watch that was sold during the trial and the the minute hand was a police car (laughs) and the hour hand was the bronco oh wow that for real why would you get rid of that and in the background picture was oj simpson that doesn't take up any room. Why get rid of that? I know, I know. I, I wasn't thinking. I, I don't. Somebody got a steal on that. I think we sold it for like five bucks at the garage sale. You know, I um, you know, we have a basement too where all of our crap, uh, you know, settles over the last twenty years. And um, I remember my my parents had a friend had friends, um, Ralph and Ada Hershaw. Rick, the Hershaws. I'm sure you've heard of me course. speak of the Hershaws. The Hershaws ad nauseum. Um. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, and they gave me the worst freaking gifts for Hanukkah. You know, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hanukkah is kind of like a starting rotation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, the first day is your, your ace. Yeah. You know, you got your uh, Jake Arietta. Yeah, exactly. A Chris Sale, for instance. And then the second day, you know, it's okay. You know, it's the guy that can go either. You know, you know what I mean? Sure. And by the eighth, by the eighth day, you've got, you know, You've got Paul Ossenmacher on the, <laughs> on the mound. So, but Ralph and Ada Hershaw, every day for them was the eighth starter. I mean, they, so whenever we would, whenever we would um, get together for Hanukkah, uh, I would always dread it because I knew that I was going to get a really crappy gift from them <laughs> and then I'd have to fake it. You know what I mean? Did your uh, parents on the way over there go, now, when you open the present, I want you to smile and say, thank you very much. Yes. Right, yeah. My dad in his thick German, you know, excellent. Yes, I don't give a shit what it is. You smile. And uh, and I remember, and I don't know why I'm, I guess I'm bringing this up because of the crap. They once gave me a San Diego Chargers washing kit, like uh, like a washcloth. <laughs> and a brush to wash yourself and like a back scrubbery thing and a like a loof was it like a loofah is that what those things are called yeah. from from the san diego chargers Why? in like i know i know <laughs> i know it's like, like 1970 i don't know four who i don't even were, were they even good then i don't know the char- they were terrible <laughs> so so not only is it a Football team that I don't care about. Plus, I was a you know a nine year old kid who didn't care about washing himself either. So, so that so, and, and I bet that is here somewhere. Well, I remember I used that. to collect uh, snow globes. Yeah, I used to buy them for you every yeah. time we went anywhere. That's true. When you used to go places. Yeah, I know that it was a Disney World, right? Yeah, 
Um, but I have hundreds of them. They're all now. This is where my uh, snow globes have gone. They are in the bathroom in the basement in a display case. And and it's really just a matter of time before they're all gone. And the only reason that Bridget hasn't just tossed them out is because they're from places like Australia. You know, yeah. no one's going to be able to get to replace that for us. So the, so your uh, snow globes are kind of in in uh, Bridget hospice right now. They are. They are. But there's <laughs> but one snow globe, and this uh, this is my pride and joy, which I have negotiated as a, a place in our living room. Okay, this is a this is something I bought in Valparaiso at a like a flea market when I was writing a story for Shore magazine. We were there and it is a uh, a nativity scene with Mm. Joseph and Mary overlooking the baby Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a beautiful snow globe with, uh, you know, a glass globe and everything. And it's got a music box underneath it. Now, it's made in China. I want to play you. (laughs) I want to play you the song. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> that, sure. That it plays. Now I gotta put the microphone down. Hang on one second. Okay. You're listening to Minutia Man on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I just did a promo while you had the phone. Toddle. It's. Is that Chicago? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so baby Jesus made in China, Chicago. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the greatest thing I have. It's the one possession. Like if if we were if the house was on fire, that's what I would grab. That. Yeah. Uh there's how many of those do you think are in the world right now? Well, I, you know, I, I've gone through this in my head a million times. Like, how does this get made? How does yeah. that get through? Yeah. But of course, you know, China they they don't. They don't have Christmas. They don't understand what the baby Jesus even is. It doesn't matter to them at all. And Christmas, C H R Chicago. Yeah, it, oh, so, so they like Google. Well, they did Google it because it was before Google. But yeah, they, they they had a guy that just looked at a at an Encyclopedia Britannica and goes, "Christ, Chicago." We'll make the connection right there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's oh, very that's nice. my that's my that is my minutia about. My crappy stuff that I have in my house. Um, you know, I wanted, uh, you know, as we're talking about this, I have a Who album signed by all four, including Keith Moon. Um, probably, and it's and it's Who, and it's the um, Who Are You LP. And Keith Moon died like six weeks after it came out. So it's possibly one of his last autographs. But now you're concerning me by saying that all the Who fans are dying no one's going to want this, so I should probably sell it now. I think you should. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Any listeners out there, you email me at a minutia, man. We're taking best offers. I, You know, I have a, a Beatles album uh, that came out on VJ Records. It's called Introducing the Beatles. It came out before they made their deal with Capitol Records, and it was a Chicago-based album or Chicago-based record company. And I got this at a, at a garage sale for like a quarter and it's it was at one time it was worth like ten thousand dollars. Oh, oh, really? And now uh, it's worth only five thousand dollars. Well, take it now. Well, I, I mean, I think sell- I'm going to have to sell it, but I can't sell that at a garage sale. I got to go a little higher end on that. Um, here's a as an aside, we mentioned Dane Placco. You know, this 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 podcast is going to go like four hours for anybody listening right now. <laughs> uh, Dane 
you know, our buddy Dane Placco from Fox 32, big baseball fan, as you know, uh, when he was a kid, Ted Williams was like at the Sport Mart in Palatine or like, I don't know, it was Palatine Mall or whatever. Or is it what is the Palatine Mall? Uh, Randhurst, probably something like that. Right. OK. Um, and Ted Williams was signing balls there. Uh, and so Dane goes there and goes, hey, you know, Mr. Mr. Williams, we have to sign my ball. And sure, kid, you know, and no one was around. I mean, it was just Dane and, and, and Ted Williams. So Dane goes, well, hey, if I buy, if, you know, if I buy like a case of balls, will you sign it for me? And Ted Williams like, hey, they're paying me anyway, kid. You know, so Dane like bikes real fast to his house, gets all his like paper route. <laughs> he was money. already smarter than us at that age. <laughs> I know, I know. And he you know, gets his paper route money, you know, and he did, he pedals back as fast as he can to Randhurst. And he had, he has 24 Ted Williams balls. Now he's sold, he's sold them intermittently, you know, throughout the years, but he's probably still have 12. He's probably still has 12 left. See now uh, baseball for some reason is different than, than rock and roll uh, is when it comes to value. Hmm. Because the older the the older the baseball stuff, the more valuable it is. Like Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb and all that stuff. I don't know why that's not true when it comes to music. I think Dane also has a letter from Ty Cobb's or a letter that Ty Cobb wrote to his lawyer signed Tyrus Cobb. And it's signed Ty Cobb. Really? Yeah, I think so. Um We'll have to get him so- on this show sometime if we can ever figure out how to get a guest on. Right. And why isn't he buying us more booze? You know, with all this money that he has uh, in equity and memorabilia equity, don't you think he should be, you know, trickle down economics? If you know, uh, what are I'm you saying? saying that Dane is the last one to pick up a check? Is that, is that what I just heard you say? <laughs> no, I never said that at all. I'm <laughs> I, saying I that, think you said that. I did not say that, and that is totally not true. <laughs> I am saying that uh, he should maybe, you know, just show what next time we're in Arizona on the spring training uh, trip, he should be maybe picking up. A few more dinners. What do you think? I think that's that's fine. Okay. Do you have any more minutiae for us? Yeah. To, yes. Totally unrelated to Dane Blacko. Um, now, Rick, whenever I see a story throughout, you know, whenever when it's when it's animal against human, I generally take the humans or the animal side. Yeah. You know, uh, especially when someone's doing something stupid, like the you know the what the, that that when they run with the bulls in Spain. Yeah, and the right. lady who jumps in the tiger cage to pet yeah. the tiger and then gets eaten. Right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah, I'm totally for the animal in this case. Right. However, I got an animal story here, and I and I'm gonna need your help. Which way to go? I'm 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 right in the middle. Okay. I don't know if I should be rooting for the animal in this or the human. It happened in India, Rajasthan, India, and as you know, India gets a little warm. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty hot. And that's why camels have the water humps and, or, you know, that's, that's hot there. Well, evidently, uh, and they don't, they don't mention the guy's name. Uh, let's, let's call him Steve. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and let's, and let's just assume Steve works for Comcast and their customer service. I don't, you know, I'm just saying that Steve uh-huh. in, in India has a camel and it was really, really hot. And he did not, and he just left the camel outside. Well, they which, got, they got water humps. Well, exactly. And what else are you going to do with a camel? Yeah, you can't bring him in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he <laughs> said, you know, he, the, maybe he could have come and given her. Given Although, you know, that one uh, that one Geico commercial, Hump Day, 
Uh, I, I don't think I even know what you're talking about. You know, the, the camel comes in, hits hump day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. He's um, inside. Yeah, I guess th- that might be the. Well, so I guess Steve could have brought him inside he his house or yes. whatever. But so Steve, after the day of it being really, really hot, um, <laughs> goes and says hello to his camel. And the camel is a little perturbed, aggravated. <laughs> You know that he that he that that it was sitting out in front, you know, in this in this weather. So the camel bites Steve's head off and kills him. <laughs> okay, not figuratively. No, 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 no. Which, um, so I get I get it that the camel's aggravated, um, <laughs> but I'm really not. You know, you're a camel. This is what you do, right? I mean. You you were you were dealt a bad hand by nature. I yeah. get it. You're kind of goofy looking. Now, couldn't the camel just spit on Steve, maybe, or yeah, kick Steve? There's there's so many things, so many repulsive things that camels can do before they go right to the bite the head off. Thing. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think it doesn't say the gender of the camel, but I think we know this camel's female. <laughs> oh my think? god! No, I'm <laughs> I am officially <laughs> removing myself from this story right now. <laughs> You know, uh, okay, but uh, so in, um, so yes, quite figuratively, not just figuratively, a camel, don't leave your camel out in the. So we have to it, add this to the list now. Uh, camels, chimpanzees, we know they'll they'll eat your face off. <laughs> right, 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 right. Tigers, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I have a I have a pit bull who you know is a sweet and loving dog most of the time. <laughs> but occasionally we wrestle. And after about 10 or 15 seconds of wrestling, which the dog loves, by the way, but after about 10 or 15 seconds, I'm tired because no. I'm yeah. I'm not in yeah. shape. I don't, I don't, no. This is kind of right. be a big surprise to you, but I get a little tired pretty quickly. And then I stop and I say, you know, stop because I'm the alpha, right? Right. And right. She, looks, she looks at me like, hey, we have just begun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I see uh, a look in her eye, and I think to myself, you know, if I ever, like, have a heart attack during the day and fall to the ground, she's going to just eat me. Right. Just kill me. Just, right. Yeah. Put you, out of, put you out of your misery. Well, so well, don't die in front of Ivy. That's the plan for today. I'm not going to yep. die. All right. So let's go to uh, our weekly segment about the Chicago Cubs. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So the reason we do Cubs Minutia is because uh, I am the editor-in-chief of a website called JustOneBadCentury.com, which features tons and tons of Cubs Minutia. And one of the geekiest things I've ever done is I've gone through history and checked out important days in history and just to see how the Cubs were doing on that day. No, that's not geeky. <laughs> no, ter- perfectly normal. Nothing to see here. Uh, yeah, okay. So uh, this week, day, you know, and I have one for every day of the season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm. Sorry. You know what? I w- I was on bridge. I was on your side with the snow dome story. Yeah. Now I'm on her side because you are really a dork. Oh, there's and, no question. Yeah, so yeah, maybe I've been short judging her. That, well, so uh, for yeah. this week, Dave, the Cubs in historical days uh, that occurred on this in this week in history, the Cubs are four and three. You'll be happy to know. Uh, for instance, they uh, they won the day that Jerry Lee Lewis announced uh, that he was marrying his 13 year old cousin. <laughs> okay, well that's a gimme. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> they 
They lost, however, when Bonnie and Clyde were gunned down in Louisiana, which happened uh, this week in 1934. Okay. They uh, they also lost this week in <clears throat> 1883 when the Brooklyn Bridge opened. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> How do you find that? I mean, do you just go through every day and go, okay, May 25th, well, yeah. this is what happened today, and then you yeah. – then you, yeah. That's it. That's it's it's a ridiculously time consuming thing. Uh, May twenty fifth uh, is the day that Star Wars opened in nineteen seventy seven, and I think we all remember that the Expos uh, were beaten by the Cubs seven to three on that day. And uh, who pitched? Uh, who, who pitched? Uh, Ray Burris. <laughs> and Ray Burris pitched, and Bobby Mercer uh, had a good day. Oh my god. Yeah, on this day in 1897, Dave, Dracula was published. And I think you probably remember that the Colts, uh, which is because they weren't called the Cubs yet, won 6-2 to two over the Giants. Um, was that home or away? Uh, let's see here. That was uh, home. That was a home game at West okay. Side Grounds. Okay. In 1941, on May 27th, uh, the British uh, sunk the Bismarck. You remember that? Oh, yeah, sure. I saw the movie. Sure. Well, the Cubs lost that day to the Cardinals at Sportsman Park. And then finally, Dave, this one's going to be close to your heart. On May 28th, 1937, the German government, led by Adolf Hitler, announced the establishment of a new automobile company, Volkswagen. And guess what happened to the Cubs that day? The Cubs won 12-3 at Wrigley Field. Dave's microphone has gone out again. So, anyway. Are you there? Oh, yes. Um, who did they play? The Cincinnati Reds. They won 12-3. to Ooh, so communism. Reds. Hitler oh. didn't like communism. Oh. oh. Cubs beat the Reds, huh? I like it. Uh, all, all right. right. That's all I got for this week. I, you know, I could give you so much more, but I'm not going to. Instead, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is called Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is how Celebrity Potpourri works. I have, uh, over the years, uh, worked as a radio producer for a couple of big shows, Stephen Gary, John Records, Landecker, and I hosted a bunch of shows myself. And during that time, I met hundreds of celebrities. I have written down their names on little pieces of paper because Dave likes to hear these stories, and like he has put those, those pieces of paper in a Costco jar, uh-huh. and each week he reaches his hand in and pulls out a name, and then I have to tell that story as best as I can remember it. And some stories uh, are better than others. Uh, this one I got to hear. Okay. Cindy Crawford. Okay. Cindy Crawford. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, let me, before you begin, did she – Say anything about really being attracted to to attracted to doughy middle aged bald men? Uh, no, she did not. Uh, well. right. But at that time, I was twenty five, so that wouldn't have come up in conversation. You know? uh, uh, so this goes so, back a long ways. We're talking uh, late eighties, I think. I was uh, Stephen Gary's producer at that time, and Stephen Gary uh, were huge. In Chicago, and and Cindy Crawford grew up in DeKalb, and she was actually a fan of the show, and and she was just starting to become a superstar at that time. I wish I could remember the year, but 
look it up. It's somewhere in the somewhere in the late eighties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was super excited to meet Stephen Gary. And God. I know. Now <laughs> let me let me tell you something else. I I was. Uh, if if you think the fifty two year old uh, Rick, who's a publishing mogul uh, and a uh, multimedia you know, six time author, uh, and you know has just a a list of accomplishments that right. it's too lengthy right. to mention right now. Right. I, this this version doesn't have a chance with the fifty year old teenage you know mother of teenagers Cindy Crawford. Right. The twenty five year old Rick had less than zero chance. Uh-oh. Yeah, with yeah. a twenty something, you know, just becoming a supermodel, the most beautiful right. woman in the world, Cindy Crawford. Right. See, I see. I think you're cut. I think you're selling yourself short. I think you really did have a shot. <laughs> well, so now this is the this is the funny part of the story because Bridget was working at the Loop at that time too, and and Bridget and I have been together now for going close to thirty years, and this was the only time. That I ever saw her jealous, really? Yes. Cindy Crawford. Um, Bridget was really jealous, and and it was because I I I don't remember exactly what she heard, but she overheard Bridget, uh, she overheard Cindy and I talking, and I think she overheard Cindy realizing who I was, like, oh, you're Rick, like she knew who I was. <laughs> oh my god! I know. <laughs> I oh my know. god! Oh. God, I know, and 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 Bridget, who's never jealous, has never been jealous, was never jealous before that, and has never been jealous since then. Had a little snippy, like oh, Cindy Crawford, <laughs> <laughs> and I that's that's all I remember about it. I don't remember what she talked about on the air. I don't remember any of the conversation that we had. This was you know more than twenty five years ago, but that is my Cindy Crawford story. Wow, that, now that 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 is a claim to fame. You think so? Uh, well, the only instance I ever had like this, and it's just almost as good as yours, like someone recognizing me. Um, remember Spaceport at U of I, where all the video games were? <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, it was, a, there it was, was an a, arcade. Yeah, it was an arcade. And uh, I, quite frankly, was probably one of the best uh, double dribble players. Double dribble was a video game in the world. I think I was damn, I was definitely internationally ranked. I don't think you even I, need to tell our listeners that. I think everybody knows. Yeah, of course. And uh, I played double dribble, and I of course attracted a crowd because I was just you know I I was the Ty Cobb of double dribble. <laughs> and after I got done with double dribble, I put my initials in, you know, because I was the leader DFS. And a guy next to me goes, "You're DFS." So uh, that's my claim to fame. Just as good as Cindy Crawford. Yeah, I that's think. that's that's. <laughs> exactly as good. Ah, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we are part of the uh, Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and the 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 mothership uh, of the podcast network, uh, Lasano and Friends, um, with Tony Lasano and his friends. I get the uh, title correct. Did their last episode this week? Uh, they're taking uh, the summer break, but. Uh, we are not taking a summer break, are we, Dave? No, we are. We are working diligently with our five eights effort all summer. Uh, we should also tell people that there are other shows on this network that are uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, there's a lot of great shows on this podcast network, and I actually listen to Dishing Misfits. Yes, yeah. Rick, they talk about sex and stuff sometimes. Really? Do they yeah. talk about men with boobs? 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Okay. No, that's that's our that's our shtick, and I am going to be pissed if they. That's our move. You can uh, listen and subscribe to Minutia Men on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. All you have to do is search for uh, Radio Misfits. And if you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can uh, by checking out uh, EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Those are those are our uh, our real life websites. And if you'd like to drop us a line, you can at minutiamen at gmail dot com. And we would uh, like to give some special thanks, Dave. Yeah. To who are we giving thanks to? Well, of course, executive producer Tony Lasano. <laughs> oh yes, okay. Uh, uh, Ed Silla distributes he distributes <laughs> distributes the Radio uh, Misfits Podcast Network. And we'd like to thank everybody who is sending in uh, nice messages to us. We're getting uh, a bunch of them at our uh, Gmail address. Please uh, keep sending those in. Well, we'll be back next week. Who knows what we'll talk about next week with another episode of Medusha Ben. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?